I'll send you a good job. Oh, I'm on the other mic. Okay. Did a good job of finding a picture for my title, Standing Firm. I don't know how he does it, but he, he knows how to do it. Good morning again. Was there something I said? I got that from Cal. Witty. <laughs> oh. So, how do I know what to preach on? Anybody ever wonder? <laughs> where do you know where to preach? Sometimes I'll be in a series going through a book. And we have been in First Peter. I felt I needed to take a break a little bit different from, you know, it was a little different situation last week. And, but I'm, I'm just doing my thing this week, you know, going through life. And these words, stand firm. Stand firm. Came to me. And Lord... That will preach. I'm going to go with that. Because if there's ever a time in the history of the world where you and I as believers need to stand up is now. How many agree with that? I'm not talking about making, you know, a scene or a, but to speak out and stand up. Stand for the things that matter. A culture is wavering. Our culture is in trouble. And God help us if we should go the way of the enemy. God help us to be the soul, the light. God help us to not only maintain, but to make progress, to advance the kingdom, to see our young people hungry for the things of God, carrying on the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our texts were in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is a powerful, powerful chapter. Paul had been talking about parenting. Paul had been talking about husbands and wives. He had been talking about family values. He had been talking about forgiving one another. When he gets into the 10th verse of the 6th chapter, oh yeah, i got to keep this in mind because how many want to live a long time? There's a promise here, a young person. Well, it's in the Bible. 
verse 1 of chapter 6. This is a prelude, dear children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. I like that. I like that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now we'll go to verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of the Lord of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, we could talk about just the things that the devil schemes. He is a schemer. What, what is his problem? He's angry. Mad at God. He hates the things of God. And he hates anyone who stands for God. And he's out to try to hinder or even destroy us if he can. Paul said in another place, we are not ignorant of his schemes. God has authority through his word, through Jesus Christ, the devil has lost the war. The devil will lose in the end. And he knows it. And therefore, he's, in, he's retaliating big time, ramping up his efforts. If he can try to destroy the values of the family, if he can get at the very core of which God himself has placed a man and woman. If he can get us confused in that area, he will. He knows that will erode our foundation. Finally, be strong. We have to be strong. So number one, be strong. But how do we be strong? How can we be strong in a world that is outright antagonistic, that should keep us on our toes. It keeps us seeking the living God. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul understood where his strength was. Paul understood that he was just a simple man, but Paul knew where he must turn to have his strength. Now I got to thinking, have you ever had a song pop in your head? Nobody. Never happens to you. Okay. Just a closer walk with thee. I am weak, but thou art strong. Remember that line? Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Yeah. 
daily walking close to thee. Let me walk, let me walk. That's just part of the song. Satan will come and try to take your song away from you. He will try to steal your joy if he can. He will try to get you to stop thinking about the goodness of God and start thinking about all the things that are going wrong. Amen? Come on now, are you there? <laughs> Be strong in the Lord. How many know believers that are strong in the Lord and you, you admire them? The trouble is, is when we think we're strong in the Lord, we've probably got a problem. Come on. We assume we're strong enough. But Paul knew as much as anyone else. Even in Paul's life, there was some kind of strength or some kind of thing called a thorn in the flesh, and we know we know this from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. Paul was just having a, he was having a talk with the Lord. And a little talk with Jesus. There comes another song, and there comes another song. Just a little talk with Jesus. Paul was describing this. We don't know exactly what it was. Some physical thing, probably. And here's what the scripture says at verse 9. And he has said to me, Am I in the wrong chapter? I think we're in the wrong chapter. <laughs> if it's the wrong verse up there is probably my fault. So just take that verse down for me. Okay. Just, there you go. There you go. It was probably because I had a cold and I wasn't fearing for excuse. I don't want to hear excuses. But here's what the scripture I'm trying to get at says. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in what? Weakness. Wow. Are you feeling weak sometimes? How many feel weak? Every day. Uh, I wish I could feel stronger. By now, I ought to be able, you know, I thought by now life would be so easy. Wrong. The golden ears. Okay. Uh-huh. How many pills? Uh, what appointment? This and that and another. And now what have I got? What? And then my hearing, and then it's this, and then it's that. And this ache over here, never felt that one before. Be strong in the Lord. What? 
going to talk about this. Perfection. We are not going to have perfection on earth. Get over it. We know it's having a way it's where there it will be perfect, but we are not in heaven yet. Pinch yourself. There is a battle. Satan wants to destroy you, but we have been given the whole armor of God, if we put it on, that we can walk. So Paul was saying, I have a, I have a problem, Lord. Can you take it out of my life? Can you get rid of this stuff? You know, uh, the Lord says, well, no. Not going to. Oh. 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 Lord. We don't see Paul arguing with God. He just says, well, Paul says, I'd rather boast about my way that, he, that his, the power of Christ may Paul begin to get it. Therefore, I'm well content with weak. Whatever God has in mind here with this problem, whether it be insult, whether it be distresses, whether it be persecutions with difficulties for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. As soon as we think we can do it, we're in a bad place. But through Jesus, but Christ who dwells in me, I can do all things through Christ. Put on the full armor. Be strong in the Lord. In the Lord, that's verse 10. And in the strength of his might. How are we going to ever identify with the degree of growth unless there's a degree of pain? If we never had a problem, never had a challenge, never had an issue, it was always just roses. We would become so relaxed and so casual. We would just kind of flow through life. We would just kind of coast along. Our prayer life would probably be down. But when the things get tough, what does it cause us to do as a believer? It ought to cause us to draw nearer to him. There's another song. Nearer, nearer, nearer to the cross where thou hast died. We identify with the cross when there's suffering. We identify with suffering humanity when we have some of it ourselves. We are not exempt from trial, are we? But Jesus said, I will be with you in the trial. I will be with you in the fiery furnace. I will be with you, Daniel, in the lion's den. Now, Daniel didn't. I don't read it. Daniel heard from the Lord. Just go ahead. Don't worry about it. I'm going to send some angels. Daniel did. I don't, I don't read that. Daniel just trusted God. Daniel was standing up for God, and he got the lion's den. But God stood up for Daniel. God intervened. I love that story. You see, it always pays to do that which is right in the sight of the Lord, even if it costs us. It always pays. 
Kingdom work is never done. The kingdom work is sometimes so we don't always see it. Amen. That's why I like to stack wood or something. I could see, see my efforts. Come on, I'm just being real. But when you pray in, pray in the closet, when you intercede for other people, you don't always see anything. And I don't always feel it. But I know that's where it lies. The battle, someone said the battle is not just praying. Preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle. Love the devotion this morning in our little time in the basement. Talking about prayer. David and Goliath was quite a story, isn't it? David is just a run. He's just not a run, but he's you know he's a young man. He's just a, he's just he's learned a few things already. Number one, I think is he's learned to trust God. He's learned to hear from God. He's understood. He's already on his way. And this giant Goliath comes out speaking, taunting. That's the devil right there. Whenever the, when the church is being put down, when the Christian has said, well, you're just an old-fashioned hokey-pokey, you know, you believe that? Yes, I do. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword. You see, by the way, they tried to get David to put on Saul's armor. Remember the story? And Saul's armor just didn't fit. But there was another armor that David had. It was the Lord himself. And that's what we're going to get into in Ephesians. But here's this, a fascinating story. The, David says to the giant, David looks him square in the face. David took his stand. David was not going to back off. You come to me with sword, spear, javelin, and I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. Almost like saying, how dare you talk against my people? He got, he got righteous fight in him. He got the righteous anger fight in him. Sometimes we need to get the righteous fight going in our spirit. To take a hold of the things that are God-given things to us and let us not let the devil take them from us. He will not steal our song. He will not steal your kids. In the name of Jesus, we have called on the Lord who loves them more than we do. And if it takes it to their final breath, we pray God will save our kids. Amen? And our grandkids and their kids. Lord, we don't have to settle for, oh, the, the world's going to H-E double hockey sticks. You know, the world's gone. It's no use. We'll just hang on till the end comes. 
That's not in the Bible. Come on. The righteous fight. I don't know where I get this stuff, but I begin to feel it. It's coming to me. Praying through is an old-fashioned saying. What does it mean? You pray until you feel God is going to take care of it. You wrestle with God. You settle it. I will not let you go, Jesus. God wrestled with the angel of the Lord, which is probably Jesus' incarnation. You know, Jesus before is, Jesus has always been, right? He said when the angel of the Lord, often is a reference to Jesus. Have you been getting negative thoughts from, you know it's not God? And they kind of trickle through some, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wants to mess with you. But let's begin to put on the whole armor. Let's go back now and look at Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor. This standing up is, is really having to do with knowing where our strength is and then how to implement, how to practically Put on the whole armor. First of all, we read verse 11. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Right away, we're going, what? What? Wait a minute. What did I just read? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Oh, you mean it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. How do, what does that look like? Well, we read on. Against the rulers. Who are the rulers? Against the power. Let's connect these. Against the world force. Oh, there are, oh, there's a spiritual realm, and they have rulers. Huh? Satan has a whole host and army of ruling people who overrule world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of weakness in the heavenly places. Oh, if we could just be open, if God would open our eyes, we'd go, ah, yuck. Ah, remember the Old Testament prophet? Open his eyes. There's more of us than there are of them when he was afraid of the army. Now, before we all get so overwhelmed, which we can, boil it all down. What is the full armor of God? Every piece we read about. Verse 14, gird your loins with truth, breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, a piece, addition to taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let me boil this all down. Jesus Christ 
is all those pieces of armor. So when Paul said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Romans somewhere, and make no provision for the lust of the flesh, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an act of surrender, an act of your will to say, Lord, I need Lord, I cannot fight this battle on my own. I cannot do this in my own strength. I am calling on you. And we have access. We have access to the throne of, of glory. We have throne of grace. We have access to, the, to God himself. You put on the full armor by simply believing. I think it's good to even quote these verses. Read these verses. Speak these verses over your life. Speak these verses over your children and their children. The whole armor is summed up in the name of Jesus. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's said in another place that Paul said. No weapon formed against you. You mean the devil is forming and scheming things? He's plotting to get at you? Yeah. Why? Because he doesn't like the way your faith is interrupting his territory. We are. If we have problems... In the church, it could be for the very reason we're disturbing the enemy. Guess what? That's a good thing. Come on. One pastor friend, he went on to be with glory. He says, how's it going over there in Palisades? We were there for a few years. Well, they had a few problems. We had this and that. And, well, otherwise, it's going pretty good. You know, he said, if you wouldn't have a problem, you wouldn't be doing anything right. We're almost like surprised if we have a problem. We're surprised. No, we shouldn't be surprised. We're not surprised. Paul said we're not ignorant. It wouldn't surprise me. We go into it with this idea that it's just going to be perfect. Just, everybody's going to grow up to love Jesus because, you know, we, we believe. And the battle... and become intense. And if we don't have an anchor, and we don't know where to turn, we can get pretty down. We can get pretty beat up. And so here's the deal. You and I were never intended to fight alone. Come on. Gather the saints together. Call a prayer meeting. Pray in the spirit. Pray with the understanding. Pray. Third point. Pray at all times. This is in the text. With all prayer, he adds this at the end of the armor. It's beside the sword, the word of God. He ends up with prayer. With all prayer, petition, pray at all times. How in the world do you pray at all times? Well, you could just pray when you're going. You don't have to always be the one talking. How many run out of words in about the first... Two minutes. 
kind of. It takes work to pray. It's hard work. It's focused. It's intentional. It's, but it's, it's, it's so rewarding. Because you know of God's hearing your cry and see God somehow limits himself to your prayers. Because he wants you to be a part of the solution. He wants to bring you with him through the process. Do you know the, the disciples who kind of had drowsy, you know, they were sleepy? When Jesus needed them at his worst nightmare time in his life, facing the cross at the Garden of Gethsemane, you guys go over there and pray, I'm going over here. Boy, he comes on back to check on them, you know. Uh, he's sleeping. May we not be a church found sleepy. We will be a church known for. They pray. Because we can't, we can't do anything. God does it through you. God hears your prayer. God takes your prayers in. Even in the book of Revelation, it mentions the prayer of the saints was as incense. The prayer of the church, the prayer of the Christians, the prayer of the saints were as incense. God inhabits the praises of his people, but God moves through the people that are praying God sees a people, a person that's praying, and God says, I can work in that situation. I can do something because there's a heart who seeks after me. Be anxious for nothing. We all know that scripture probably. Be anxious for nothing. It's a promise to us. We also know Jude tells us, verse 20 and 21. Now, there's only one chapter, so don't get lost. Verse 20, 21, but you, beloved, what was he talking about previously? He was talking about end time mockers. In the last days, there will be mockers who will say, well, your Lord's not coming. He's not coming. And he'll go on and he'll go on and there's disbelief and there's disrespect for God. But he says, you keep yourselves in the love of God. How? You beloved, building yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how we're going to keep strong. That's how we're going to put on the whole armor. That's how we're going to keep this, keep the fight going. Then we know how to use the sword of the Spirit. Here's a clue. Here's something good. I, I, I really believe in this. When you read the Word of God, when you find a verse of that Dearly, that, that's, that's what I needed. Begin to memorize it. So that when you close your Bible, you're going about your duties, your household chores, you're thinking about that verse, and now you find yourself speaking it out loud. I wouldn't have done that. You begin to quote the verse. Now you begin to take a verse that seems to apply to your child and their situation or your circumstances. 
You begin to declare the promises of God. Speak. That's the sword. You're, you're, you're running the enemy in with it. You're setting him back. You're putting up the shield of faith because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Be strong. Take up the whole armor. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Paul concludes his letter. We not only pray for ourselves, we pray for one another. At verse 18 at the end, he says, petition for all the saints. Who needs the prayer right now? Your brothers and sisters, your family, those are in leadership who are trying to stand up for the things of God and it's, it's hard. They need your prayers. Paul said, pray on my behalf. He puts himself on the bottom of the list. He admits, I need your prayer so that I can speak in a manner in which I should speak and opening my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Right now, we are rejoicing with reports that are coming in. Emily is just kind of like, God opened the doors for her to go to YWAM. It's a missionary training. What they do for the first several weeks or months is just get to know God. Learn how to hear. Focus on their prayer life. And then they go to different countries and have evangelism meetings. They have teams that they bring songs, they bring worship, and they reach out to the younger generation in the campuses. When I hear about the reports of so many, so many, so many here accepted Christ, I think, Lord, it's worth it. It's worth it, even if one accepts the Lord. We here as a small congregation, it's worth it if we encourage one person. We want to encourage more, of course, but it's still worth it. If a young person or a young adult or an older adult or wherever they're at comes to know Jesus in a real way, it's worth it. Why are we fighting? Why should we fight? It's for the lost. It's for those who have not yet understood or come fully into the things of God. It's worth it. It's worth it. When we see Jesus, it will be worth it all. And I like to read, I've been reading Osmond Chambers. I, I just keep rereading it. It's a little diary. I found it in the bathroom one day in the basement. Emily left it there. It was probably something she was encouraged to read while she was going to YWAM. I don't know. 
I said, Emily, can I read this book? Oh, yeah, you can, you can have it. And he keeps hammering. It's not about doing. It's about being. It's, our greatest need is not what we got to do. It's how we believe. And Satan is warping the minds of so many in what they believe. So we become, the culture starts to change the way people think. That shouldn't be happening because the church needs to change the culture. We've got work to do. We're falling behind as overall. But there are little glimpses, a little ray, a little a little hope here and there we hear. There are many young people that are saying yes to Jesus. And I say, hallelujah, it's worth it. I want to be a part of it. I know you do too. And so I think, Vern, you brought this song up, if it's the same one. The Blessing on Wednesday. I don't know if it's the same song writer, but probably the same song. I wanted to end this message with singing this as a prayer. And it comes from the Old Testament. The Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you. Just think about it. The Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you. You be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. What's that talking about? And he goes on, his favor be upon you. We need the favor of God. Favor of God is that God is working in our behalf. God is working in spite of what may be happening. God's favor is upon you. And we believe that. And we declare that because it's in the scripture. It's a promise that God has given you. Take a hold of the promises. And we, we pray that many, can I switch back mics? Even the one that was on the road in the backside of a desert. Remember when Philip, I think it was Philip. The Spirit of the Lord had, had already had a revival. He had had great things happening. And the Spirit said, go, go now on a back road. There's a desert. There's one man who's struggling to find who, I'll, find who I am. Remember that story? He was reading out of the portion of Isaiah, I think it was. Philip jumped on his moped or whatever they were riding. He said, do you know what you're reading? Do you, know, do you understand that? Well, how can I understand? I don't, I don't, no one's here to help me. People just need a little help sometimes. Sometimes they need a lot of help. <laughs> but a lot of times they just need a little encouragement. You know what happened in that story? The man said, 
They were evidently talking about baptism because oh, there's water. Oh, you got to go to a class and learn about how to be water baptized. No, he said, be baptized. Jump in. Believe. That's where it starts. Don't make it harder than it is. The easy part is salvation. Jesus saves us. We believe. But now we gotta, we got to keep you know, following him. We get to follow him and discipleship. The Lord bless you. Let's sing it.